We're going to go to the book of Psalms this morning, Psalm uh, 40. The book of Psalms and Psalm number 40. Book of Psalms and Psalm 40. Still heard a few pages turning. It's a blessing that I can hear pages turning. Yeah, my wife and Emily, they have to be careful now and hear what they say. And I mean, it's, it's a little rougher here around the house. No, I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. I'm in trouble for that anyway. Psalm 40, verse number one. This is a psalm of David. He wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside the lies. Many, O Lord my God, are they, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. That's quite a thought, isn't it? The wonderful works of God. More than can be numbered. I entitled a message this morning, In God We Trust. In God We Trust. There's great blessings. We can see it here this morning. I'm going to try to look at it. There's great blessings to those that put their trust in God. I'm thankful that we can know that. Let's pray and we'll get started. Father, one final time, we just ask again for your guidance, your power, your or just direction. We want to say the things that you would have us to say to refrain from anything that does not need to be said. Lord, that you, that you would be lifted up, that you would be glorified in all of this. Help us, Lord, by the end of this message uh, to just trust you that much more. Lord, we want to be a blessed people. And, and again, I just pray for those in here who may not know Christ. Please speak to their hearts this morning. Help us, Lord, to preach in your power, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the Word of God. Please do be seated. You know, it's one thing to say that we trust God. And it's another... Completely another thing to do so. It's pretty easy to say with our mouth, I trust God. But it can be tough at times to truly uh, uh, manifest that trust, if you will. There is a God in heaven. He is the one that created this world. He is the one that allows you to draw your next breath. He is the one that keeps your heart beating. There is a God. And we can trust him. And we need to learn that. 
And we can learn from this very psalm the benefit of depending upon God, depending on God. We, we know that this psalm was written by David because it says at the beginning of the psalm of David, we know it was written by David, although we're not sure of the circumstances behind it or the time that it was written. Some say that it was written when David was running from King Saul. Uh, some say that it may have been at the time of that terrible loss in Ziklag when the choices that David made put all the people at risk over there. And some say it may have been written after the rebellion of his son Absalom. But the bottom line of it all is we just don't know when it was written. But one thing is very clear. It's clear that David knew by experience the value of trusting God. By experience. The experiences in his life had proven to him that when those trying to live for God make the Lord their trust, prayers end up giving way to praise. Oh, that's a great... Prayers end up giving way to praise. When we need God, He is there. We can trust that that, that He is there. And, and, and when we're dependent upon Him like that, and we're trusting in Him like that, when, when, when people do that, they're, they're plucked from the pit. They're plucked from the pit of despair. They're placed upon the rock of hope, the rock of victory. One Bible commentator describes David's experience as going from, quote, the mire to the choir, end quote. <laughs> he was in the mire and ended up in the choir. Brother Bronner likes that one, I guarantee you. Yeah, yeah. Some may say, well, how can that be, preacher? I, I, I mean, how can that be? I, I, down in the depths of despair and all of a sudden you're on this solid rock, how can that be? Well, why don't we look at David's experience in the pit? I mean, he's the one that, that, that wrote, wrote this. He brought, me also, he brought me up also out of an horrible so, so why don't we look at his experience in the pit in a, in a chronological order instead of just following the structure of the psalm. Let's start down in the pit. I, I mean, a, the, the pit, that's a place which most of us can readily say, I've been there before. I've been in that place. I know what it's like to be down in the dumps. I know what it's like to be down in the pit of despair. Come on, most of us can say that to some extent. Somewhere in our life. So let's start down in the pit, and then we'll look at how God delivered David from the pit. Because this, this whole psalm really revolves around that theme, David being delivered from the pit. And very evidently, David wanted others to know that and to understand he wanted us to understand, look, this is what happened to get me out of the pit, and it can get you out of the pit too. Then, after that, we'll look at what he learned from his experience because of his trust in God. <clears throat> Say, preacher, you just like to oversimplify things. Oh, no, 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 no. But I do like to point people to what God can do if we are truly trusting in Him. Oh, come on, I started this whole thing out. There is a God in heaven. He is all-powerful. He can help us 
even when we're in the pit. So let's think about the dreadfulness of David's pit. Verse number two, he brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. So here it is. It's a horrible pit. He's describing it. A horrible pit. Miry clay. That's how David described it. It was it was it was horrible. It was terrible. It was awful. It was horrendous. Come on, it, it, it's it, you could think that he was thinking like this. This is worse than I ever imagined. This, this is totally overwhelming. I've never gone through anything like this before in my life. I mean, a horrible pit, a horrible pit, and it made David feel helpless. He felt helpless. Well, where do you get that, preacher? Well, he talks about this miry clay, the miry clay. Now, stay with me here. Over in Jeremiah, pardon me, Jeremiah chapter 38, verse 6, the Bible says this. Then they took Jeremiah and cast him into the dungeon of Malchiah, the son of Hamelech, that was in the court of the prison. And they let down Jeremiah with cords. And in the dungeon, there was no water but mire. And then the end of the verse says this, So Jeremiah sunk in the mire. Sunk in the mire. Have you ever walked out into a pond and pretty soon you just start sinking and it gets harder to pull your feet out and make that next step? Or maybe one day you got stuck out somewhere in your car and you get out and you're stomping through this and it's like it's pulling your shoes off and it's just a little bit deeper. Well, the mire that, they are there, that, that, are, that is explained here is deeper than that. And in these dungeons that they had, there was no water. It was just enough water to keep the mire very deep. And they would get down, they would be let down into this mire, and um, you couldn't move readily. Psalm 69 verse 1 says this, Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul, into my soul, I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I am coming to deep waters where the floods overflow me. So whatever it was that David was going through, it made him feel as though he had fallen into a deep pit. He felt like he was in a deep pit. And it was as if he was, um, it, it, was as, it was as if the bottom of the pit, and the bottom of the pit was this deep sludge. And it was a feeling of being trapped. Of being trapped. What do I do now? What's my next move? What can I do? What can I, 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 I no, no, no I'm, I'm talking about the more that he struggled, the deeper he seemed to sink in the mire. And there was nothing to grab hold of. Nothing to hold on to. Nothing he could grab hold of to pull himself out of that. No, 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 no. It, it's a sense, it's a sense, get this. It's a sense, it was a sense of desperation. And as the clock ticked, with every minute that passed, the situation of which he was in only appeared more and more hopeless. 
What can I do? I can't do anything. What can I do? I'm stuck in this mess. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, our our experience in the pit can seem the same. Whatever that pit may be. It can seem like there's no hope. It can seem like there's nowhere to go. It can seem like there's no way out. Maybe, maybe a time of distress in our lives or, or some lengthy trial just, that just seems to be never ending. It just goes on and on and on and on. And those things go on and on and the pressures, the pressures that, that are there just seem to be more than you can handle. Those times when, when life seems to be one trial after another trial after another trial after another trial. I mean, it just does not seem to be any end there. You ever been there? I mean, none of those days when it seems like it feels like the walls are closing in on you. And you can see no end to the troubles. No light at the end of the tunnel. In fact, the tunnel just seems to get darker and darker. I believe that's where David was. Trapped. What do I do? And really it can be anything that that causes that sense of hopelessness. That sense of helplessness. that, that, That sense of severe desperation. I just don't know where to turn, where to go, what to do next. You just feel hopeless. You feel helpless. Just don't know what to do. And it may be something, it may even be something that was caused by what others have done. Come on, you know, like when King Saul relentlessly chased David, as over in Psalm 142. It it can be caused by our own actions at times too, can't it? This sense of desperation and hopelessness. Come on, like David after he had his sinful fling with Bathsheba. The hopelessness he must have felt in that. And again, David doesn't really explain how he ended up in the pit, what the pit was all about, what what he wanted us to know. Truly, I think what he wanted us to know by the inspiration of God is how he got out of the pit and what he learned from that experience. Well, preacher, how did he get out of the pit? Verse number one, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. So very apparently, there was a season of prayer. He was talking to God. You know, sometimes when you're in a pit, there's nobody else to talk to. And who better to talk to? You know, because of our own fallen nature, really we don't naturally turn to God when troubles come into our lives. I mean, because of being flesh and blood, because of our own fallen nature, we tend to trust ourselves. At times, we we tend to have that that self-trust instead of really trusting in God. 
We don't, we, no, no, there's no need to feel bad about that. Adam and Eve faced the same thing, didn't they? Come on, after they fell, they realized their nakedness and they sewed fig, uh, fig, le- uh, fig leaves together for clothing. But when God finally got involved in it later on, He clothed them properly. He knew what needed to be done. He knew how to take care of those things. After David sinned with Bathsheba, you think about that story. There was deception, there was deceit. There was even the murder of her husband in an attempt to solve the problem. <laughs> this made the problem larger because David took it into his own hands. Started trying to figure it out on his own. What can I do? I can, I can, I can be deceitful, I can be deceptive. I, 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 oh no, now I'm going to have to have her husband killed. When really all he needed to do was just to be truthful, to confess his sin, be willing to let God work it all out. There is a God in heaven. He is up there. He does care about you and I. He cares about us. He does care. Why, 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 why is it so many times that we have, have come to, we, we've come to our our wits end. We, 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 it seems like so many times we have to exhaust everything that we know to try before we will finally cry out to God for help. Right. Or we cry out to God and then we set out and try to fix it all ourselves before we come to that place of really trusting God to do only what He can do. Well, well preacher, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm trusting, I'm trusting, I'm trusting God. Well, are you waiting on God? No, no. It, it, it's, it's often that our waiting for Him to do what only He can do shows our trust. Psalm 107, I, I love this psalm. Let me, let me read a few verses out of there for you. Verse number 4 says this, They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. Verse number 10 says this, Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and condemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore He brought down their heart with labor. They fell down. There was none to help. And the very next verse says, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And He saved them out of their distresses. We skip down to verse number 17 of that chapter. It says this, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. The next verse says this, Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saveth them out of their distresses. And we skip on down to verse number 23, and it says this, They go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep, for He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. 
they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. And the very next verse says, Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. And he bringeth them out of their distresses. They tended to wait to the last, that it was the last thing that they could do. Crying to the Lord, trusting in the Lord. You know, when we're crying out to God, when we're truly trusting in Him to do what needs to be done in our lives, we, we have the assurance that He hears us. He does hear us. David cried and the Lord heard him. David cried, verse number one again, and the Lord helped him. But, but, it took some patience. He said, I waited patiently. Well, preacher, I mean, you know, you just get great joy out of waiting when you're in trouble, in times of trouble, and you're in a pit, and you just get, you just, I'm sure you just enjoy waiting, don't you? Oh, heavens, no. <laughs> not at all. I am not a naturally patient person. Don't say anything, Miss Pam. No, I, I, there, there, there can't be. A lot of times there's not great joy in the waiting part. But when I'm trusting in Him and I wait upon Him to do what only He can do, there is great joy when He does it. And that helps me the next time. And it helps me a little bit more the next time. One Bible commentator said this. He said, quote, It was David's unwavering conviction that sooner or later God always comes through on behalf of his own. End quote. Oh, I thought that was good. Sooner or later God always comes through on behalf of his own. Sooner or later. We like it sooner. But God may not respond immediately. So the question is, how do we respond when it seems as though it's taken way too long for God to help us? Are, are we inclined to wait with patience, just continue to seek Him, trust in Him, rest in Him? Or, 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 or do we just do what we feel like we have to do to try to get out of this? And think about this with, with me for a minute. No, no, think about it with me. Who are we that we would draw deadlines to God to work? God, let me tell you something. If you don't get this done by this time, um, 
I don't think we're supposed to try to boss God around. I don't think it's up to us to order Him around. Well, preacher, sometimes I just don't realize how... I, I, I don't understand why, why, why it's so long it's in a pit. I, I don't understand. It, you know, sometimes... Sometimes it may be to build the trust. No, that God allows that time to pass to build trust. I don't know if I'm following you, preacher. Well, it depends on how much, how we, it depends on how we are patiently waiting. Because if we're talking to God about that, and we're trusting in God to get us through this thing, that means that probably in those times when we're not just begging God to get us out of the pit and help us out of the pit and all that, that we're spending time with Him. No, no, you follow me here? We're not off someplace else looking for answers after we've asked God to help us through something. We're waiting. And while we are waiting, we're just drawing closer to Him. We're trusting in Him. We're, we're, drawing, we're drawing comfort from His Word. We're spending more time talking to Him. Lord, I know I'm in this pit, but I, I, I still need You to be there with me. And I, I need You to supply these needs. And, and Lord, I need You to bless my family and help these people. I need You to bless our church and help us along the way. And God, there's so much unrest in the world right now. And I need You to bless the world leaders. And I need You to bless our, bless our nation's leaders. And I need, no, no, we're spending time with God, talking to God, and just showing our trust in Him. Look, we want Him to get us out of the pit. And and when we begin to pray for other people, trusting that God's going to work in their lives also, and pretty soon, even though we're standing waist 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 deep in the muck and the mire, pretty soon we forget our troubles may not seem so bad when we're praying for other people. We're spending time with Him. A lot of our New Testament was written from prison. The Apostle Paul trying to encourage us. As he sat in the muck and the mire. Who are we to draw lines, deadlines, set deadlines for God? No, 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 no. God's not to be used like some kind of a Zoltar booth at the fair where you put in the quarter, you ask Him a question, and immediately you just get some answers. He's not to be used like that. That's not our God. Well, you don't understand, preacher. I need answers right now. I need answers right now. Look, if God has not given you answers yet, you may not need them yet. Or, or... It may be that God gave you answers, but you didn't like the answers that He gave you, so you're still waiting for Him to give Him to give you your answers. No, I think too often we get stuck there. We want the answers that are going to please us. instead of the answers that are going to please God. The patience that David showed illustrated his trust in the Lord. He, 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 I waited patiently for the Lord. 
And because of that dependence upon God himself, he was blessed with God's deliverance. I mean, God's answer to his prayer. You know, one of the best signs of whether or not we are trusting God in our situations is whether we wait for God to act according to his word. Come on, stay with me here. Whether, whether, we, whether, we, whether we wait for God to act according to his word or we take matters into our own hands and act on our own worldly wisdom. Well, it's a lot better to wait on God. It's a lot better just to let him work things out for us. And David discovered that. He, dis- he discovered that. So let's look at David's discoveries after the pit experience. Again, verse number one, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me, heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God, and many shall see it and fear and trust in the Lord. You know, some of the worst pit experiences that you and I might go through, if we will trust God through those, they can be turned into a great occasion for praising the Lord, for praising him. No, there in verse 3, and he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. He did that. He did that. Come on, don't lose sight. He was in the pit, and God delivered him. So God delivered him, so he's he's not still... be careful. He, he's not still whining about the time he had to spend in the pit. No, God put a song in his mouth. Praise unto the God that delivered him from the pit. Let me tell you this morning that God can deliver us from any and every pit that there may be out there for you and me. He can deliver us. He can set our feet on that solid rock again. And when God does deliver us, really it's just natural that a child of God would spend some time praising Him for doing so. Thank you, Lord, for the joy you restored in my heart. Sometimes when uh, God delivers us from the pit, it may not be a. Uh, it may not be a deliverance of from all of the terrible things that are still going on. I said it may not be a delivery deliverance from all the things that are going on. Sometimes it can just be a deliverance from the fear of the things that are going on. And when we can sing to the Lord, when we can praise the Lord for His goodness to us, even though we may not be exactly where we want to be yet, it can help us. When we can begin to praise God, look, look, 
when we begin, when we can begin to praise God that He saved our soul, uh, that that He has given us life, that 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 He is man- maintaining uh, us day after day after day, that He's always there for us, e- even when the storms are still raging, even when the even when the nights just seem seem to be super dark. I'm telling you, when we get to a place where we remember that 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 God is our deliverer and we are trusting in Him, it, it, it was it should. Bring Bring us to a place of praising Him because of that. And remember this, our trusting God will be a testimony to other people. Our trusting God will be a testimony to other people. Look at verse number 3, the last part of the verse says, Many shall see it, see what? His praise unto His God. Many shall see it in fear and trust in the Lord. It's a testimony to others. We never know who's watching us, who who may be assessing God because of the choices that you and I make or how we act about things that are going on in our life. And I'm telling you, mom and dad, it's important that you're showing your trust in the Lord to these children that are living in your home. Because one of these days, they're going to have to be trusting the Lord. They're going to find themselves in a pit. They're going to find themselves in, in despair. And what are they learning from you now? How they're going to act when they get in that place. It's a testimony. People are looking for something that's real. People are looking for something that's genuine. And if they see us showing genuine faith in God, it may just prompt them to put their faith in Him too. We're trusting Him. I'm talking it can be a testimony to those other Christians who are weak and struggling. It can be a testimony to those that are lost without hope. It can be a real testimony. But also, our trust in God will cause us to be blessed. Verse number four, blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Did you see it? I see what? The blessing comes when we make the Lord our trust. When we make him our trust, what make him our trust? What what are you talking about, preacher? What, what do you mean make him our make him our trust? Well, trust is the dip, no, no, listen to me. Trust is the deliberate choice to depend upon God. It's a choice we have to make to depend upon God. I tell you what, I'll 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 I'll, I'll I'll trust God. I'll, I'll trust God when He delivers me from this. Why don't you trust Him to deliver you from this? It's a choice we make. Come on, that, that, we're, that we're not going around trying to find out every answer that we can find out. No, we're trusting in God and we're seeking God and we're growing closer to God and we're depending upon God to do what only God can do. There, there's too many. There's too many. There's too many avenues out there to to, to go to today. There, there's there's there, there with the information highway, and I tell you, well, I've got these problems, so I'll just Google it. 
it's 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 really a wonder that most people don't have limbs falling off and stuff from going to mdweb.com and self-medicating themselves and doing all these different things. Oh, I think I've got this. I've got those symptoms. I got this, and I typed this in. Oh no, I've I got the bubonic plague. Because we go looking for answers. But when we when we're in a pit, when when we have when we have problems that only God can truly solve, then we should be looking only to God and trusting in Him instead of looking for all the self help stuff that's out there. Because there's a lot of it out there, and there's a lot of it that will give us bad advice. We need to be trusting in God. A deliberate choice to depend upon God. I'm talking about unlike the proud. No, no, it says there, even right there, it says, and respecteth not the proud. Unlike the proud. I'm talking about those who seem to have, I'm talking about those who seem to have all that they need in themselves. They're totally dependent upon self. I can come up with answers for this. I can work at it. I can do it. I can do this by myself. That's just pride. Come on, even Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Or unlike those that are deceived. I mean, those out there who are trusting in the lies of this world and and holding on to them tightly. I mean, just hoping that they can prove them to be true. And respect not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Whatever the enemy can do to get our eyes off God, he will. And there's a lot of lies out there, isn't there? The trust that we put in God will give us a... We're going, verse 5, we're there. The trust that we put in God will give us a greater confidence in God in the future. The trust we put in Him now. Look at verse 5. Many, O Lord my God, are Thy wonderful works which Thou hast done, and Thy thoughts which are to usward, They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Look, don't look at your past record. Look at God's past record. Because God's past record is perfect. No, God's, God's past record, it, it proves Him to be worthy of our trust. Many, O Lord my God, are Thy wonderful works which Thou hast done. Okay, uh, how many in here, help me out here, how many in here would say that God has worked in your life in the past? Man, He's been there for us. You're saved by the grace of God. He performed one of the greatest miracles in the world on you already. So 
So God's working in your past. Let me ask you another question. How, how many in here really know, how many in here really understand that God is thinking about you? Please get this, that God is thinking about you right now. No, he's thinking about you right now. God is. He's thinking about you right now. He's thinking about you right now. He's a loving, kind, gracious, merciful, caring, giving, heavenly Father. And he thinks about you 24-7. You are always on his mind. He's thinking about you now. Thinks about you all the time. He knows right where you are any given second of the day. He doesn't need a GPS tracker. He knows right where you are. He knows exactly what you're going through. All the time. And just those two truths. That God has done something. Has worked in our life in the past. And that God is thinking about us all the time. Just those two thoughts should inspire us to trust Him. For for whatever today or tomorrow or any time in the future may bring our way. I said it should move us to trust Him. Boy, preach, I'm telling you, God's done some great things in my life. Me too. I could stand up here and testify for a long, long time. I could. A long time. About the great things that God has done in my life and the life of my family. And I know God's watching over me right now. I know He's there for me right now. And I know that I can trust Him no matter what may come about in my life. Well, preacher, is that always easy? No. I wish I could say yes. But no, it's not always easy. But it's good. Stay with me here. It's good because I want to be blessed. By God. And the more trust I put in Him, the more faith I put in Him, the the, the more that I wait for Him to do those things which I know I can't do, the more blessed I become. Let me ask you a question. I'm done. What, what, What or who are you trusting in today? A life that's lived by faith is a life that's blessed. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust. Do do you understand that according to God's word, it is an impossibility to live in dependence upon God without experiencing his blessings in your life? Come on, don't miss that. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. It it is an impossibility to live in dependence upon God real dependence upon God 
without experiencing his blessing in your life. The more we depend upon him, the more blessed we will be. Why do you know that? Because this says so. I have this to stand on. We, we believe this is the word of God. We believe that every word of it's true. Even parts like that. We have to believe what it says. Well, I don't feel that way. Not talking about feelings. We're talking about trust. Dependence upon God when we don't feel like He's there. Dependence upon God when we are stuck in the mire. See, it's not saying that His path will always lead us around every pit. There's pits out there. Oh, they're there, they're real. I'm not discounting the pits. I'm telling you, they're real. And he doesn't tell us that he's going to lead us around every pit, but it does mean that we can have the same belief that David had, and that belief is a belief that knows that that sooner or later, God will always come through on our behalf if we are trusting in him. When we pray, God does hear. He hears. And if we trust, God will deliver. He says so. We can trust Him. So what's your need today? How deep is your pit? And it really doesn't matter, deep or shallow. Or maybe you're doing pretty good right now just waiting for the next Still, our faith, our trust needs to be in God. In God, we trust. Are you trusting God today? Has there, ever been a, has there ever been a time that you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? He is the only way to heaven. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Only one way to heaven, that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we get there by trusting Christ as our Savior. We get through this life by trusting God and allowing Him to guide us through all things. Sometimes it's harder than other times, but it's always the right thing to do because God said so. Truly. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's bow our heads for just a moment, if you would. Are you trusting God today? Do you feel like you're in a pit? you feel trapped? you feel desperation? you feel like there's no way out? God knows the way out. He can get you out. He's there for you. Because He loves you. He cares about you.
and whatever pit you may be facing today, that you may be in today, the more trust you put in Him, the more you patiently wait on Him, the, the more time you spend putting trust in Him, 